Hey guys, it's Lorray and Shimian. Shimian, she's sick. It's the frog throat episode. It's not the frog throat episode, but we are back, back. Because you don't sound like a frog. I sound like a frog to me. Frogs sound like ribbit. You That's don't exactly sound like ribbit. Yeah. We're back with another episode of Black Queer and dot 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 the frog throat uh, episode. The dot 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 tonight is uh, all about healing from our childhoods and chosen family. Um, we hope everyone had a merry, happy Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Um, what else is there? Solstice. Is it time for solstice? I have no idea. I don't know much about solstice. Winter Probably solstice? Not. I think it's winter. <laughs> I'm winter in the wrong solstice. season. No, this is winter. Oh, we're not in fall? <laughs> no. <laughs> we're in fall. We're in December right Happy now. Happy winter solstice. This is not fall. This is winter. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Winter. We just went over this the other day, too. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Happy winter solstice. Happy winter. I don't even know what that means. What is winter solstice? I'm not sure, but I know it's a thing. Oh, if Alexa was in here, we could ask her. But uh, happy all of that, guys. Allegra. And <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, you all haven't seen solstice? that SNL short uh, on older adults using Alexa. You've got to see it. It's Look hilarious. It up on YouTube. It's really, really it's funny. It's called Amazon Silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the older generation. Yeah. I don't know it's about funny, that. It's a really funny um, episode. Or skit. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very funny. So we hope everyone, um, if you celebrate, we hope you had a great holiday. If you don't celebrate, we hope you just had a good week. Yeah. Um, and we're about to go into a new year. And I know like at church today, Bishop was talking about um, like how you want to go into the new year and things we need to let go of. And I turned to Ray and I was like, I'm going into 2020 with peace. Like I tried to really do that in 2019 and I think I did a pretty good job, but I feel like I'm going to do a better job in 2020. So like those things or people who don't bring peace into my life. Um, no. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. And sometimes that includes family. And one thing she and I were talking about during service, um, <laughs> while the sermon was going, wow. it was a very brief conversation, <laughs> but we were saying that one thing that sometimes family, um, they're not good about is if someone is toxic in your life and they don't bring peace and they just bring all kinds of turmoil that, um, you know, you kind of dismiss it because they're family. And it's like, well, that's family. You're supposed to love them anyway. And love doesn't necessarily mean you have to have them in your space. Yeah. And I I, I, I don't know if that's just like a black family thing or or if it's just a family thing in general, but I, I refuse I feel like I'm not setting a good example for um, for Jasmine. Like, as a mom, I'm not setting a good example if I'm 
allowing our home and our lives to be filled with chaos and chaos that I know people bring. Like I know that they are Mm -hmm. toxic people and it's like, oh, well, you know, they're good friends or they're family. So, you know, I got to put up with it. No, you don't. Yeah. There's a fine line. I mean, family is family. You're going to get on each other's nerves, but uh, it's a little bit different if it's toxic and uh, harmful, right? I think it's, to me, it feels pretty easy to detect, but I think, like you were saying, especially in black communities, that line kind of gets a little bit uh, gray, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, it's like, oh, no matter what, you're going to stay with, just work it out, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's not always the case. It's not always the healthiest thing. Right. It's not. It's not. Uh-oh. There she go. <laughs> Believe it or not, I had my head turned. <laughs> there she go with the cough. Believe it or not, every time I'm turning my head, but it sounds like I'm still right up against the mic. I'm recovering from a cold, so you might hear more of the frog throat, even though it sounds a little better now, and some coughing throughout. I, and yeah, I was going to say I apologize, but. I'm just getting over illness, so I'll do my best, folks. I read something yesterday that said, like, we have to stop apologizing. Yeah, for every little thing. Yeah, and which is what I tell Jasmine all the time, too. Like, stop saying you're sorry. But this thing was really cool. It said, start thanking people instead of saying sorry. Like, so instead of saying... Oh, yeah, I like that. Instead of saying, I'm sorry for coughing so much, say, say... I'm so, or thank you so much for understanding. Um, understanding. Or, yeah. Yes, know, I love but, that. Yeah. Um, so it's, I thought that was pretty meaningful. And it's important mm-hmm. because as women, we do apologize a lot, even for, I mean, the littlest things. It's like, sorry, I tripped over the rug. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that really wasn't your fault. But we're so used to apologizing. So anyway. Going back to what we were talking about, um, yeah, I just, it kind of, that happened today, but it kind of flows into what we're talking about, which is um, chosen family and healing from our childhoods. And a lot of healing from our childhoods usually has to do with family, right? Mm -hmm. It's not usually outside of the family. It's usually things that happen inside of our families. And sometimes the family knows about it. And they don't do anything about it. And sometimes they don't know anything about it because um, they just weren't aware. Yeah. Oh, I, I was looking to you because I was going to, ow, I was going to say, uh, like, do you want to elaborate? Oh, yeah. Because I'm just talking and talking. Yeah. Do I want to elaborate on on healing from childhood? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> part of the reason why... This is the topic for this particular episode is because uh, of my, the recent passing of my biological father who was in my life until I went off to high school at 17 and then completely dropped out of my life. So this idea of healing from uh, childhood, even though 17, you know, at that age, I didn't consider myself a child. Now that I'm 40... And I look back, I certainly uh, believe that I was. And so 
healing from that experience as well as the loss of every single person in my biological family, um, th them all pulling away seemingly at the same time. There was a lot that I had to go through to heal from that. Actually, um, if it weren't for God, I, I'm clear that I wouldn't be here today. Do you think, um, I, I always think God is such a huge factor in everything. And I know everybody doesn't believe in God, um, yeah. which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever keeps you going, right? Yeah. Because um, it's all about life. We want to breathe life into people. And um, I know for me, what is life-giving is God. But also what is life-giving for me is the support and love of the people I have around me. Yeah. And so um, when even during this time that I've been watching you, like, grieve and all of that, like, do you think it would have been... Because I, I see you have a, a strong relationship with God. So if this had happened at a different time in your life, like let's say your relationship with God was still strong, but you didn't have the support of people, would things have turned out different? I imagine so. I mean, it's the support of people that has brought me this far, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, Sometimes I, um, it's akin to being left by the roadside. Mm -hmm. If some people had not come along, right, to say, hey, you over there, yeah. right, or get that child some shoes. And I don't mean that literally, but I mean that if there wasn't people that came along that noticed me on the side of the road, that yeah. cared for me, that saw through the masks that I was wearing, I know for a fact I would not be here. And part of the, the reason why my relationship with the divine is so strong is because I saw, I saw and I still see God in those people that has that have stopped mm. to care for me and continue to care for me to this day. Even when I uh, try to deal with the messiness yeah. of what has happened after my father's death, like finding out I have a brother I never knew about and you know people just reaching out to me because uh, they needed something from me and then disappearing again when they don't need me. I mean, the only reason I can make it through that is because I'm literally surrounded by people that care uh -huh. for me. So that's how that's how it's been for me for so many years, you know, 17 and up. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, and, it and is. I wonder I was not where that strength comes from because I feel like it comes from God. Um but I also think about how you like how patient and loving you have still been to people who have basically shitted on you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting you it. You know what I mean? I like, do know what you mean. And I mean, not in a way of like, and this is exactly what I mean by loving people from a distance because you have not allowed them the space to just keep shitting on you in real time, right? Right. Like yeah. you have been like, since you pushed me away, I have had to do my own healing and I have had to kind of grapple with the fact that you guys abandoned me. And mm -hmm. so instead of running after you, I'm doing my own healing. You yeah, know what I mean? I do. And so even in that healing though, like you speak your truth, but you still 
there's still a sense like when you speak your truth about them and the relationships, I still hear love. Mm. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think for me it's respect. So I don't, I can't say that some of the people that have reached out to me since my father passed that I hadn't heard from in two decades or more that I still love. I mean, some of those people I don't know anymore, Mm -hmm. but I still think it's important to respect. Now, I know some people Mm. would have some issue with that because they're like, well, why don't you... Everybody has their own way of approaching things. For me, for my sanity, unless you've lived my life, you've been in my shoes, you don't know the tactics I've had to employ in order to survive. And I don't mean literally survive. I don't mean in terms of having food on the table, but I mean mentally, spiritually, Uh some things I have to let go. I can't engage with. Right. So for me, that means I'm not going to cuss out somebody because that's doing some harm to me. And I got, I'm my number one priority. Right. Instead, I could take a different approach and I know that God has the final say. I'm clear about that. So it doesn't matter what anybody tries to do Whatever God has for me will be for me. That's been made clear. And that's part of the reason why I can let go and I'm not, right? And I can still be, um, I don't think the word is warm. I can be cordial. <laughs> I think yeah, cordial I'll, is probably right. warm. Yeah, it's cordial. Yeah. I think when I say loving though, and I don't even mean towards like the aunts and uncles. I mean, even towards your parents. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And they are the ones who have caused the most harm. Right. Um, but you still, it's it's weird. And it's hard for me to explain if, like, for people who don't understand the situation. But when I say loving, I don't mean like you're chasing after them. I mean, like, um, you know the realness of the situation and you speak that truth. But at the end of the day, you're still like, well, things hurt me when this happens or this hurts or this hurt, yeah. which means that there is still some sort of love there. Like I always see what you're saying. Just because they stopped doing their part as parents, you never stopped loving them. And it's very easy for people. I've, I've met people who are like, you know, nah, fuck them niggas. They wasn't shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, I've probably said that on the inside about them because they yeah i've said that too on the inside and the outside <laughs> i don't know it's not a they are my parents so of course i have love for them mm-hmm. but when i think about them i'm grateful that they brought me into the world right and that's kind of it there's a lot of anger and stuff there so i'm not thinking all these loving thoughts and stuff like that i mean you know of course like when my father passed, it hurt because that was my dad and he was in my life until the age of 17. So, of course, there's love there, right? Um, and I still have love for my mother, but it's there's it, there's a different flavor to it than, it than it was when they were still in my life. Like there's mm-hmm. so much uh, pain that has come up, so much anger, all these emotions. So it's like... I have love for them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. And that that won't change because uh, because they brought me into this life and my mom raised me for most of that time. My dad was in my life. Like I said, like they were together until I was nine and then they separated, but he was still around and you know I was hanging out with them and stuff until I went to high school. So 
You don't just kind of to high school or to them. college. I mean, college, yeah. You don't just kind of you know go, oh yeah, f y'all now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's not right. quite that easy. But right. Yeah. I mean, but after forty years, <laughs> I think it's not easy, well, it's but not, it might get easier. It's more like twenty. Right. No, I mean because you're but, forty. Yeah, I'm right. Because, like, but you said after forty years, I but didn't they mean were after in my life. forty years, but yeah. like at forty years old, like at this span of time that they have not been there, it's been over twenty years. That's right. It doesn't. There's a different. There's um, something different about uh, parental relationship that it just doesn't. It doesn't. For me, I can't just go. Oh, yeah, those people. And kind of push it to the side, even though I do that sometimes, it boomerangs back. Mm-hmm. There's there's a different. That's why when my father passed, that was different than Joanne passing, a kind of a motherly figure. Mm-hmm. That was different than Jeremiah passing, who I was really close to and I hung out with. You know what I mean? It's because that was one of the people that brought me into this world and that raised me. Right. So even though they've been out of my life. Uh, for a different number of years, that doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Those memories of the, my dad teaching me how to ride a bike or teaching me how to fight. You know, those things, you know, or his get down teaching and eat bean bowl. Yeah, it really was teaching me how to defend myself. It was a windmill in front of my body. That's what he taught me. He didn't t- teach me how to throw him in any punches. He said, this is what you do. And then he just like flailed his arms in front of himself. And that's what... I thought I, you know, I was ready and I would practice in my room. It was like kind of like when you do double dutch yeah. and you have like the two ropes. It's that motion. But in front I know of my what body. The looks like. Oh, you know, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. So, it looks like this. <clears throat> yeah. You put your head down. But it was just... closer to the body. It was closer. I know these mics are here. So oh, can. yeah. But I know so, exactly. We're, we're doing an example for you guys. Right. You, you can't guys see. can't see. But it's like those memories. This is why you can't just go, yeah. You know, but you can, what I've learned is to, to keep going and to remember the people that are in my life now, that love me now, that I can call on now, that call me on my birthday. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. folks I can get a warm hug from, that part of it is essential. Otherwise, those memories and that loss uh, would eat away at me, mm-hmm. right? That it's the sense. chosen family, people that have uh, have... I've been there in their stead. It was one of the things your mom told me when I was talking to her about my father passing. She said, well, I'm ready to be there in the stead, in, the, in his stead, which was really, Aww. really sweet. My yeah, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, she said that. She said, I'm willing to stand in something, something. Stand in the place, stand in. forgot what the term is, but it it's, basically means the same thing as standing in his stead, which was... Um, which meant a lot to me. And it's that very thing that has um, that has uh, brought me to the place that I am today, healthy person. That's awesome. And I'm yeah. still trying to picture my mom saying that. <laughs> yeah, she said so, it. Yeah, she's so she's... sweet to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll leave that there. <laughs> I hope you listening, mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, she's sweet. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, she loves you. I find um, chosen family very interesting, and I, 
I actually kind of makes me smile and it makes me laugh because um, I know most people think of like chosen family as it's very big in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, But if you think about it, I grew up like that. Like that's, it's very big in the black community. Like Mm -hmm. everybody was. Takes a village. Yeah. And not everybody was a cousin, but like if you got close enough, you were my cousin. If you, you know, if you were super close or my mama's best friend, you were my auntie and you could not tell me anything different. Like blood did not matter. Once you are a part of the family, you are a part of the family. And so I love the fact, the thought of chosen family, because a lot of times that chosen family, um, not only is there no separation, but like they can be there for you more than your family, like more mm-hmm. than your, oh, absolutely. your actual, you know, biological family. And mm-hmm. I, I don't take chosen family lightly either though, because I think about like people who don't have biological children and like they or they have adopted kids or, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes we put so much emphasis on blood mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, how does that make the rest of us feel whose kids are not, um, our biological kids? It's almost like, you know, they're less of your children. And I have never felt that way. Mm-hmm. Like, you you will have to kill me before you try and, you know, take my child or hurt my child, anything. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I, I, I guess I just take, like, chosen family so seriously because mm-hmm. there's, I don't know. I just, I love my family. My family is my, my blood. Like I absolutely love them. My sisters and my brother and my parents. Um, but I also have, and my aunts and uncles, but I also have chosen family that I love. I would say like, it's an equal playing field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love them just as much. Like they are absolutely my family. Yeah. And there's healing in that. There's healing in that and knowing that People can be your family without the blood tie, right? And sometimes they're healthier for you than the people that you're tied to by blood. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, Because it took me many, 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 many years to understand that and a few years of therapy Mm. to really, really get it. Come on, therapy, yes. Um, uh, so it's not something that's easy to come to for some people because it doesn't make sense. It What makes sense is you're born into this family. Of course they're supposed to love me because this is the family I'm born into. I see these commercials and all this. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's hard to to come to uh, this kind of this idea that if you're in a toxic family or a family that's unhealthy, that the people that you choose to have around you could actually be better for you in some mm. senses. That's really difficult unless you're walking in the shoes. And right. I want to say that because sometimes people are quick to say, ooh, uh-uh. But then when you say to them, oh, have you lived this? Right. Do you have, have you been estranged from your family? Oh, oh, no. Have you had any? Oh, oh, no. Well, then don't. No, I'm talking to the folks, right, that know what I'm talking about, that are either living through it or have lived through it. Right. It takes some time to get there, but we know. Chosen family can be a lifesaver, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful because it was my chosen family that showed me what real love Mm. is, and they showed me my worth. 
It was my chosen family that's done that. Did you have chosen family before you um, came to Refuge? Um, City of Refuge. Well, that's a that's good question. Church. No, not in the, uh, not in the way that I think about chosen family now. No, before I came to Refuge, I was the people that I dated. They seemed to be like the focus, like, oh, that's my family, which mm-hmm. is way too much to put on one person. That's way, way too much, right? You need a circle of support. Um, <clears throat> and then before then, I was just really lonely and depressed. <laughs> so it went from lonely and depressed, focusing too much on partners, and then city of refuge. Mm. And then there was a process. It wasn't that kind of clean, you know, it was a process of growth. I, I think I would have to agree with you, um, except where you found your chosen family in church. I've been in church my whole life, and as a pastor's kid, I always saw people for what they were. Like some people just want from your family. They mm-hmm. just take and take and take, and they just want things from you. So I was kind of reluctant with getting close to people at church, and I found you know, a few very tight relationships that I still have to this day and they became family. But some of that, um, like Litzy and Ambai, I met her before they started coming to the church. Like we met in the sixth grade and <laughs> then they started coming to the church after. And so a lot of my relationships um, that formed there, it took a long time before we became tight because I was like, mm. I've been doing this way too long. Like yeah. I've been in this pastor's kid game way too long and and uh, I just don't trust everybody. Um but it's like I I do get what you're saying. Like once you find those relationships, they're life-changing and they're life-affirming. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also agree like with relationships, especially before um Jasmine I would allow relationships to become my center. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did not know how to exist outside of it. Yeah. So then if we weren't together, I was just lost and depressed and sad. And I would bury it in you know, drugs or alcohol because I was not sure how to cope outside of not being with that person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, who I thought was my family. Right. Yeah. And then once Jasmine was born, becoming a mom, it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, now this is my family and she deserves better than um, kind of like relationships that just come and go. Mm-hmm. And so I was single for a long time because I was like, I have to put my focus on her because these other relationships obviously weren't healthy if I couldn't just like, yes, in a breakup, you break up and you're hurt. But like to just be totally shattered. I yeah. mean, I was shattered. Yeah, me too. I would have been no good for my child if I had put so much into um, a relationship and then be shattered and then not be able to take care of her because mm-hmm. I was so. And I had at the beginning when she was really when she was a baby, I was in and out of a relationship where I was just shattered and. I was like, she can't see me cry like this. Like, it's one thing for your child to see you cry, but to see you, like, I mean, down and out and devastated to where you feel like you can't pick yourself up or where she's, like, rubbing your back. Like, that's, oh, sorry. That's not okay. 
You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's not her job or any child's job to pick up the pieces and to take care of you. And so I realized that I was putting too much focus on people who were never meant to be family. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, it was like, no, she's my family now. And um, whoever else comes along after that, like I will have to really be careful about who I accept in to this fold. And if they are going to be here for the long haul, because she is my family and it's not fair for me to allow people to just come in and out mm-hmm. of her life. Yep. You know? And so um, <laughs> it's, why are you laughing? I, I don't know. I just, that, that idea just brought up for me the conversation I had with one of the pastors. And when she said, well, let me ask you something. When you gonna have this woman stop calling oh. me the woman that came from out, you know, out of the shadows? I haven't heard from her in twenty years. Right. That kind of protectiveness, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you ain't just gonna come in here. That's what it reminded me of. What you just said reminded me of of her comment. It's so it interesting because even though our lives have run parallel in some areas, mm-hmm. like they're still very different, right? And yeah. so when I hear about hear about hear about when I hear how people at refuge have like especially some of the pastors have just loved on you and the way that they respond to you like that well so when you go or like dr lucky with the whole like remember when i said i wasn't shit like that's love dr lucky that's love though (laughs) that is dr lucky said she she looked at me (laughs) dr lucky's 90 how old is she? I don't know. She's 90, 90-something. 90 90 90-something. She's well-decorated uh, veteran of the... What was she in the Army? I think so. Yeah, and she was a spy and all kinds. Of, she's just an amazing woman, but very forthright. And we were talking, and we were at church. It was, church was over, but we were still talking. She put her hand. We were talking about... I was at the time I was um, getting ready to graduate at the time with my master's. And I was having some trouble. The second one. Yeah, and I was having some trouble because somebody didn't want to sign off on my paper. And uh, she she said, I don't mean to upset you, but you remember how your mama went shit? (laughs) 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 And then I started busting out laughing like I am now. Oh, my God. And then when I stopped laughing, she looked at me, and she had her hand, one hand on my thigh, and she said, but look at you now. So she said, anything you put your mind to, oh, even thinking about it is making me a little emotional, you can do. And so she said, you go ahead and get that degree. And I ended up fighting and getting it. But only Dr. Lucky could say something like that. <laughs> remember remember, remember how your mama went shit? <laughs> and that was love. She was showing me it love. Was that love. was so much love. Like, you know, it just. It absolutely <laughs> was love. That's my because family. even in the the it's so funny because I remember when you told me that that day, and it was funny, but there was so much power in mm-hmm. it at the same time. Yes, and so only family can only family talk to people it, like that. You know, it doesn't matter what I go through. Doctor Lucky will always say to me, "Well, you'll make it through. This is going to make you stronger." That's what she always says. And at ninety some odd years old, she'll send me a video. She'll send me something on Facebook Messenger saying, see, you're going to make it through. It's like she just, she's an amazing woman. But anyway, that's family. family. 
podcast family. Telling you. Yeah, I even hate the whole term of like chosen family. Right, because it's I family. Feel like family is family. But it, yeah. when I think of chosen family, it made me think of with your job. Yeah. When <laughs> No, no, no. When you were going through the, when we had Tony's funeral and yes. that was family. Right. Right. Um, and that was family for me for many years. And Tony became family to you just within the last couple of years. Right. But it was not a funeral you were willing to miss. Yeah. And I remember with your job when they were kind of like, well, is it family? <laughs> yeah, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. I wasn't asked that, but I was asked to come in right after the funeral. Right. Like just come directly from the funeral. To come in. And so anyway, what's interesting about that, though, is that they changed the policy. Right. Well, so that's that what I was going to say. Because wasn't it about fam. the pay, though? Or like, wasn't it about like days you can take off? It was like, they it didn't to include do... chosen family, which I thought was interesting. Right. Because it's an LGBTQ organization. Yeah. And the fact that so many LGBTQ people have been disowned by their family, by their blood family. So why? Was... how could you not recognize quote unquote chosen family because many people don't have biological mothers and fathers anymore because they have been put out and they have, you know, house mothers and, you know, church mothers and whatever. And it's like that to them becomes more important than anyone at some point, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very, very interesting. And I think that particular case is very complex as it has to do with, uh, and, has to do with some other stuff, some other issues that other people are dealing with that they wanted to put on me. I'll just leave it at that. But what's also interesting about it is how, you know, of course I have my foot in a few different communities and I do a few different jobs. My other job though, it's like when I went to that lunch, I literally left the lunch and this is a public, you know, uh, uh, lunch that we're having with, you know, with some of the employees like she was giving me bags and bags and bags of stuff to take with me. Like I had to, I literally had to ask for a bag because she gave me cookies and she said, we have this extra and then take your dessert and, you know, and, um, but that's a heteronormative environment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, anyway, that's very interesting, but that's also love. I mean, that's, I'm not going to say that's family, but it's very interesting. We both have talked about yeah. that, but that's another conversation. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just, I guess I was just more so focusing on the the point that some people still don't recognize, or you have to bring it to their attention that, mm-hmm. quote unquote, chosen family People is, that you would think would get it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was very interesting to me. It was kind of alarming because it's like- it do, But that particular case has to do more, honestly, it has to do more with something else than it had to do with policy. It had to do with, uh, yeah, I'll have to leave that there because this is a public podcast. Yeah. But I know that, I'll put it this way, had the right person said, oh no, Shemian doesn't need to be here, it would have been fine. Right. Change the policy, da, da, da. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Mm. That didn't do more with the person than the policy. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so- Back to what we're talking about. Back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled podcast. Ooh. We can start wrapping it up. Yep. Wrap, 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 wrap it up. Honestly, um, this is just, we had been, we've been kind of, okay, 
I'm I'm trying to say something and I'm like all that stuff. So we've been we've had this topic on our mind for the last since your dad passed away. Mm-hmm. That was that was close November twenty fifth. It was November twenty fifth. It was November. Oh, so a few days. it was right near Thanksgiving. Yep. Yes, you're right. I'm thinking of my mom's birthday was your grandmother passed like on my mom. Remember the and so mm-hmm. I keep thinking, I keep associating. Okay. Um, so we've had this topic in mind, but we hadn't been recording that much because when I say I was bogged down with schoolwork, I was very overwhelmed. Um I am getting my master's in teaching. Yay. And whoop, 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 whoop. Um, and hopefully a PhD. Double yay. After that. Yay. Um, and so. Dr. Lorraine. Uh, it'll be another doctor in my family. Dr. Gainey, Dr. Gainey. Dr. 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 Get it. You guys can't. You guys see, can't but... see the visual. The visuals. Oh, it's a lot of loose titties. And... Oh, okay. I was thinking. <laughs> I'm say not that wearing part, a bra, but... <laughs> so it's like a lot. Of, it's just a okay. lot of flailing around. Um, no longer a PG. Uh, oh, I said nigga like three times. So oh, you did. Yeah, so it has oh, okay. not been PG. Okay, um, I missed it. But anyway, uh, so I just was getting really overwhelmed, and so we were, and I do the editing. And um, our friend Asati does the mix. Thank you, Asati. Thank you, Asati. I love you. Um, but it was really hard because I couldn't like sit down at a computer without doing homework. Mm-hmm. So let alone try and like record, record and edit and you know whatever else. So I just was like, I just need a not a break from recording because I really didn't want to just sit down and us record something just to have something put out. I wanted to make sure whatever we do, it's quality. And it's something that we're really interested in. Here she goes. There she goes. There she goes. I'm back. Oh, okay. She's back. Um, but I wanted to make sure it's something we were interested in and that we really could have a conversation about and not just like, well, let's record to just record because we need to put an episode out. And so that's why it's kind of been sporadic. Um but we are in this. Yes. You know? And we really enjoy this. We do. We do. But we, we also know to how to prioritize. To mm-hmm. And we we know how to say no, you know, right. like, and say, no, I don't have time or, you know, no, I need extra time to myself or with right. you or with the family. Or, no, I need to do homework. No, I'm grieving. Like, these exactly. are all real. Life doesn't stop. Exactly. Real life does not stop. But and we so, appreciate those that still listening and not get any life from our podcast because we really, really enjoy doing them. We do. When we can. We do. So um, this week, I would like to dedicate this episode. This is off the cup. Um, I would like to dedicate this ep- episode to anyone who has lost family whether it's recent I think I feel like 2019 brought a lot of grief for a lot of people like people that I know personally um 
And so anyone who has lost someone, and especially if you have lost someone um, and you lost them formally, like you lost them emotionally and mentally, and now you've lost them physically, that's mm. a, it's like a double loss. It's a double whammy. Yeah. And so um, shout out to you. This episode is dedicated to you um, <clears throat> because hurt is hurt. You know, like when your heart hurts, it hurts and nobody can fix that for you. People can love on you and help, you know, get you towards healing. But, um, you know, we're not going to dismiss your pain and your hurt just because of things that have happened in the past or because the relationship wasn't quite there. You know, when when death happens, it brings up all every emotion that you've ever had. And so we just want to, I don't know about Shamia, but I would like to dedicate this episode to you all and just know that you are loved. Yes. I ditto that. And I'd also just like to add that if there's anyone listening who thinks for whatever reason that they cannot make it without the connection to blood family, I am here to tell you that you can make it. And it's like that 80s commercial where the guy, the balding guy, what does he say? I'm not only (laughs) the, I'm also a client. What does he say? He says, I'm not only the owner, but I'm also some. A client. I can't remember. There's some line. So the guy's also bald too and he pulls off his toupee or something like that. Basically, it's supposed to. Oh, he didn't pull off his toupee. (laughs) Maybe I'm just adding that part. Basically, the point I'm trying to make is that I've lived this. So I'm not just trying to preach to folks. If you think it's impossible, there are folks that have lived through it, uh, like I have, several other people. And for people who are living in closets because they're afraid of what might happen if they dare to be all of who they are with their biological family, freedom is better. Choose freedom and trust the divine or trust the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, even if you're not a religious person, hold on to that. You can make it through. Freedom is always better than hiding. And so I just, I feel that deeply on my spirit, even though that wasn't the same, those weren't the reasons why my biological family pulled away. It's still a mystery. I know that there's some people that sometimes die in closets because they're afraid of what's going to happen with their bio family. And I understand it. But I'm also on the other other side of it. Um, And so I've not only survived, but I thrive. And so I just want to offer that to anyone who's listening that that might help um, choose life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. It's 922. And I feel like I'm about to fall. Like literally, I feel like it's 1145. Drooping. It's super early, but thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Thanks for listening. Um, toodaloo. Oh, to what? Bye. I was going to say bye. No, you were going to say toodaloo. Toodaloo. Bye. 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 Frog okay, edition. I need to go make another drink. Bye. <laughs>